listening to another episode of Beckett's Babies, a playwriting podcast. Every week we discuss plays we love, interview theater artists, and share our thoughts on playwriting and theater. We are your hosts, Sarah Cho. And Sam Collier. And today we're talking about Kate Danley's play, Bureaucracy, which is bureaucracy, but with a Z. <laughs> and it was a semi-finalist in the O'Neill National Playwriting Conference and a semi-finalist in the Moss Hart and Kitty Carlisle New Play Initiative. It is on the New Play Exchange, and um, we are so excited to talk about this play. So here's a little synopsis for those of you who haven't read or seen it. Um, Grace and Amy, two outrageous admins stuck in a soul-sucking job are just slogging their way through the work week. But when their supervisor chokes on a cookie, (laughs) everything goes awry and begins a domino effect of destruction. Um, So Kate Danley is a USA Today bestselling author and 30-year veteran of stage and screen and one of the original co-founders of the Seattle Playwrights Salon. I haven't read any of her other plays, but I really want to um, because I love this play so much. Mm-hmm. So let's just jump in and talk about our first impressions. First impressions, um, crazy. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a definitely, it's a workplace farce. Um, and I just thought every one of these characters, um, just served really well to the comedy of the world and the play, and like such great roles for women. I'm like gosh I was like I want to see these like I was like already casting in my head I was like oh I know who would play this like oh I I know Mm. like this is gonna be so fun and like it like uh, and the lines like so much wordplay and so much like wit and humor and just like clashing of of just the zaniness of all you know the world um so yeah I really really loved it yeah I Actually, the first my first encounter with this play was at the Women's Theater Festival in North Carolina, and I walked into a reading of it a couple minutes after it had started. It was one of those festivals where, like, there's plays happening all the time in different venues, and you kind of go see what you can. And so I had come from another reading, and I came into this one maybe, like, five minutes after it had started, and I was immediately hooked by the humor and the the actors did a fantastic job. And, um, you know, as soon as I finished watching the play, which was delightful, I wanted to read it and I found it on New Play Exchange. So, yeah, my first impression was just, yeah, the humor and roles for women are so great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I feel like, I mean, I haven't had exactly this kind of job, but... I could immediately relate to um, the experience of these two women who are just basically doing like secretarial work for this really awful boss. (laughs) And like they, they're really close Mm -hmm. friends with each other, but they're also pitted against each other just by the nature of the office. And so um, I just love that dynamic between Grace and Amy. Yeah. Um, I, it was just like immediately thinking about, um, oh, just like that, you know, that soul crushing job that the synopsis is talking about. Like, I just, oh, oh, like it triggered in me something that I was like, I hated that life, like that office 
mm. like corporate life and like people just sort of like walking all over each other to get to the you know top which is like what is the top oh to be an asshole um, <laughs> right <laughs> but it's like so it was just like i and i think the, what the play captures really well is um the uh, that relationship that dynamic between like this like the boss and the mm-hmm. employee and just like the the expectation of like what like that expectation that the playwright captures is like it's comedic like i can't believe like this happens between the relation between the like the boss and the employee like right that that expectation of like how like oh oh what is a couple of lines it was like oh i really expected more from you all kind of like you should really do some more forward thinking like you know if you really want to right. even though she's the, the boss is the one being impossible like she scheduled yeah. all these meetings and then she decides to cancel them and then she's like actually i do want to have my meeting <laughs> right yeah um yeah and and then that level of like power play mm-hmm. um it's just so it's like real and then this play really makes it to show us like how comical that is um but yeah, so, um, so to really dig into this play, like what popped, what did we notice, um, mm-hmm. what stood out to you? For me, first, other than being like how zany and well this was, but like that first page, um, <laughs> just, I mean, the first page was like such a great way to capture just like what to expect from it. Like it's gonna, the uh, the the playwright was being um, fearless and like I'm. This is how crazy it's going to be. Where the lines, where the two uh, secretaries or like the employees, Grace and Amy, were, were like competing in like what, how did they, how their morning started off? And it was like, oh, rat humping the coffee cup. No, homeless, hum- homeless person humping the Gucci bag. Like, it was just like, I'm like, visually, like, what is happening? Like, <laughs> right. I'm like, but this is, they've developed a language between these two that then we're going to get into the, to their relationship. Yeah, that's so true. It drops us right into the middle of their dynamic and asks us to just, or expects us to just figure it out rather than mm-hmm. wasting any time on introductions. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, I think the first page immediately shows us that we're in the hands of a really confident writer who trusts us to, um, you know, get up to speed on our own mm-hmm. um which and it just moves so quickly which is yeah. really fun i'm curious when you saw this reading of it um like how fast were they talking or like it was really fast it moved yeah. really quickly which made it um it added that element of i think you said zaniness mm-hmm. and it, there was this kind of like frantic energy to it and uh-huh. um it just increased the humor so much. Amazing, um, yeah. Because there's there's a really fun tension too between. I mean, their their job is to like manage their boss's schedule and make sure the cookies are ordered and like <laughs> you know send emails or whatever. But and they like whenever she enters the room, they look like they're working. But they actually spend most of the play, like, <laughs> not doing work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, and so there's this tension between, like, kind of waiting around for her to get out of a meeting and then f- 
frantic energy when she yeah. enters the room. Um, and and I think the absurdity too, like she really captures, Kate Danley really captures the absurdity of being an assistant to somebody who's so high powered because the things that they're doing are so mundane. So like the quote I want to read, this is um, a couple pages in and Amy says, they're talking about ordering cookies for this meeting. And Amy says, when I walked across that stage getting my four-year degree in English literature, I thought to myself, someday I'm going to spend my grown adult life discussing what cookie another grown adult may or may not be interested in eating. <laughs> it's just like, oh, yeah, it's kind of oh, like mm-hmm. caring for a toddler. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like mm. managing the eating schedule of a grown adult is really absurd. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite moments I would have to say is just like, you know, they don't have perks. They don't have like benefits or anything, but the thing is like free lunch, like whatever, whenever they can is like a free food or somehow. Um, and I was like, that is so real. Like that's so Yeah. They get the leftovers and they're so excited about the leftover cookies. Like that is really real. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, what did you think about the moment where like the first one of the things I noticed and I'm kind of like kind of the first I guess would say unusual thing was like the janitor coming in mm. and then not reacting not noticing and kind of just doing his thing and then leaving and then how that progressed um, in the play like <laughs> when spoiler alert uh, <laughs> boss dies um and like like picks up the trash the boss and like or the picking up i think it's a boss like was the boss in the trash like i but like yeah they put her body in one of those big um trash cans and he just like takes away without question without Mm -hmm. any reaction to it like and i was like (laughs) just i i don't know like i i don't know how to respond to this but um i just thought that was so like funny and bizarre in a good way Mm -hmm. like well especially the contrast between them having these big reactions mm -hmm. and what are we gonna do you know they're worried about going to jail and like then he just comes in and takes the body out right right um and which and then the kind of a third beat of that his storyline is that he um like at the end comes back with the knife in his hand like ready to kill be like and it has like this monologue of like i like clean after you all i clean up you know wipe the toilet seats (laughs) the piss you left on you know like it's just like this monologue of like um not being seen or heard in a way and just doing the job but like and then his job being sacrificed and like then he's out to kill (laughs) like it's just so like it was just funny to follow that his mm-hmm, little mm-hmm. S- story and that how really escalated the um the two characters Grace and Amy and their their uh uh f- fiasco I don't know <laughs> yeah yeah it yeah it adds a whole other layer mm-hmm. um we've been spending so much time in their world and they don't even So there's one character, listeners, (laughs) there's one man who plays like the water delivery guy and the janitor and um, I should say one actor and the 
AC guy who comes in to fix the AC system. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think there's something about this kind of series of men who they kind of objectify and like don't really know as individuals. Um, and, and I think the final scene just adds this whole other layer to what this workplace or what this company does mm-hmm. to people. Cause like we've been spending so much time with these two characters and they feel unappreciated and like actually right. they're doing the same thing to other people. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing that popped out for me was the smell of death is um, fish curry. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's so silly because, like, a co- in the world of this play, people start smelling like fish curry like ten seconds after they die. Right? Which is like, yeah, not. But it, I that was just so funny. Like the choice of smell mm-hmm. for what death is, because I mean, like. I mean, like, it really took me there. I'm like, oh, like, th- like I recognize that smell. Or, or like, because of curry and then the fishiness or whatever. So it's like, mm-hmm. this is dead. So the fact that she was able to put a scent on death in the play, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like it was like a whole other sensory level that, that I appreciated in a weird way. Yeah, there's a lot of smell in the play because there's also the character of Molly. Right. Who we learn, I think, even before we see her, yeah. That she smells really bad. Like she smells like what is it? Patchouli or something? Patchouli sandalwood. Um, sandalwood. And yeah, and yeah. so Grace and Amy have this big reaction every time she comes in about how she smells. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I <laughs> this that when um I really hope we don't go back to the office. like drove me crazy was like tight like kind of small office spaces and then like there, if there's no a working ac circulating you know you're like everyone's a sense yeah. like food lunches and their perfume or like hair shampoo condition like I, the scents are everywhere um but yeah I, everyone like i don't know i just feel like at least half the time people are just pretending to work <laughs> <laughs> right um yeah but I, I just love the smell, like, really captured Molly's personality, too. Like, patchouli and sandalwood is a very, like, strong, over like, like powering smell. Mm. Like, um, and they're very distinct. So, I, it was just funny that, like, you could see that smell. Like, oh, like, this is, she, like, loves to be seen, like, do that thing and, like, you know, try to make Amy and Grace look bad, you know, like she's mm. kind of, so I just love that, that really captured, um, a way to, a way to describe a character. <laughs> you smell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then just this office where one by one people are dying. I'm like, man, this, this office is just the <laughs> devil. <It's> the <laughs> devil. <laughs> I also really like, I think we did an episode one time about eating in plays. Mm. And I just love these moments where the characters are eating cookies and then like the boss comes in, they have to hide that they're eating cookies. So they just shove the whole cookie in their mouth yep. and then they're trying to talk. With them. I think that oh, kind of yeah. comedy just cracks me up so much. 
that's what's so great about this play. And I'm like, man, this would be so fun to play for female actors. Is that yeah. it's just like there, there's all this like physical element to the play. And they could just have real fun with it. You know, like shoving your cooking. Like it's like a little game that for the actors could play mm-hmm. to like, and just like finding the comedy in that. And really like, it's, I love, I love when plays could do that where not, it's not just constant like speaking and like word, but like now you're really putting these actors in a, a situ- impossible situation, kind of like uh, they're really embracing um, their physicality. Wait, can you say more about that? Because you know so much about the different types of comedy. So, like when you put characters in an impossible situation, mm-hmm. what um, what comedic possibilities does that open up for the writer or for the actors? Um, like well, what makes that funny? I would say, okay, first of all, like, I think audience, especially when it comes to comedies, like, audience love to be in on it. Like, they love mm. to be, like, I'm smarter than these people or, like, like, and so I think when they see the setup of the, you know, Grace and Amy – they're um they're only like perk perk is to have these cookies like leftover food right and they're like oh here's our chance we're gonna eat our cookie you know and then Mm -hmm. and then you create an obstacle immediately with like the Mm. entrance of the boss me like excuse me like and then it's like i think like audience love to like see characters who are like what do you call it? Like a fish out of the water, sort of like these two, the peas in a pod characters mm. having to work together. It's two against against the world around them, and the world around them. You as a writer is like, you're you're creating these obstacles to poke at these characters and like make yeah. fun of them, and like audience, they know by the setup of like, oh, these two characters are partners in crime, kind of thing, and like everyone they don't like everyone around them and how how can like you start to see like oh um how all these characters around them start to elevate or way to escalate their relationship and their um the like the the uh what is like the consequence of what's happening like elevating it like and then i feel a lot of people say this but you know, especially in the improv, or like the game of the scene. Like, what is the game? Mm. Um, and so, by create, you know, as a, you're writing a comedy, when you're writing a comedy, you want to like establish those rules. Like, what's the game of the scene, or the play, or the world, or whatever? And how do you make it worse for them? <laughs> like, escalating that, <laughs> making it yeah. worse for them. And yeah. then that's like the that's like kind of beauty of the com- beauty of comedy is like you're thinking of that how do I make them worse for these characters you know and like and how do I make them deal with it head on that's great yeah because at the beginning of the play like all I really want is to get the leftover cookies and then it just the situation gets so much worse so quickly quickly that then which opens up like new lows for them but also new highs Mm -hmm. because then they they have this power when they realize they can sign you like they can forge their boss's signature (laughs) right right. order things from her account so like there's more danger but there's also more opportunity Mm -hmm. yeah 
And I'm just thinking like, it, it's so simple, like wanting cookie and eating a cookie. It's like such a simple thing, right? But then it's like, it's like a whole other level of figuring out of like, how, how do I like expand this and, and like, you know, make it so insane that it's like mm-hmm. an element of a surprise that you're creating. Right. Um, but yeah, I like, it could be the most simplest thing, like eating a sandwich or like, or like <laughs> going to that, like, like you set up a norm and then like you're, what you're trying to figure out is like, how do I take it to that place that you won't expect? And yeah. then keep escalating from there. And then, so I feel like that's what this play did. Well, and one thing she does, I think this is so smart is that she, um, there's an opportunity for one of the two of them to get promoted. Um, and so, mm-hmm. like, early in the play, we find out that, you know, one of them is going to have this chance, but we don't know, and they don't know who it's going to be yet. And so right. they're both trying to, like, be on their best behavior and impress the boss and, you know, be the one to volunteer to, you know, hand deliver the document or whatever. And so it... <laughs> It raises the stakes when they're caught eating Absolutely. the boss's cookie. <laughs> that like, right. uh, one of them will get not get chosen. Um, yeah, and yeah. I I really love that moment. That was a nice like turn for that relationship to mm-hmm. be like. Now they were like with each other. They're on the same page, and now they're like, oh, they're competitors. All right. of a sudden, and you really. Um, to see that and how that plays out. I just love the relation kind of like it started weaving in and out. There are like moments where they're like, oh, you, we're, we're, com- or, you know, we're, we're enemies, we're committed to competitions, you know? And then all of a sudden like, oh, we have to work together to figure this, how to get rid of this dead body. <laughs> or like, it's like, yeah. it's just like this weaving of their relationship back and forth. And yeah, I mean, that, I think that was just like beauty of it. Um, so I feel like that's such a good, great example of like, peas in a pod type yeah it's like a buddy comedy yeah for two women yeah Mm -hmm. yeah buddy comedy yeah um such a good example um what else oh so i guess the one thing that really stood out to me before we move on to like some curiosities and questions but um like what well, maybe this is a question of curiosity. I'm like, what does what is this workplace? Like, what did they do? <laughs> no, like, right, because we never find out, do we? We, find out. we know there's like a legal department, there's IT, HR, like kind of all the typical um, things in like an office, corporate office maybe. But I was like, what, what do they do? Mm-hmm. I, well, I think, yeah, part of me wants to know, but part of me loves that it's so ambiguous. Yeah. That they're just like cogs in this machine and yeah. they don't even really get to see what the point of all their work is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just, I think my biggest curiosity is about the end because it really does feel like it opens up to a totally new level when mm-hmm. the janitor has his monologue at the end and then the play is over. And it, mm. and I, I'm just like, I'm so fascinated by that decision because we, 
as you were saying, like we're on the side of these two characters and we see things from their point of view and we're, we feel like we, at least I did, I like, I really wanted them to get out of this terrible situation, like <laughs> yeah. without getting in trouble. And then at the end, when we meet this other character, who's like, you don't even know my name. Like I do all this work for you and you don't mm. even know who I am. And, and I realized they were inflicting this, same thing upon him that was being done to them um I just felt like a little bit disappointed that the play ended well first uh spoiler he dies like it's like an accident but then he dies and then the play is over and Amy and Grace get to escape like unscathed from this moment. (laughs) And it just feels like, I don't know what to make of that. Like, are they just as bad as their boss or Mm. have, has something about this moment changed them? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I, my interpretation is kind of that. Yeah. It's a vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it's, um, there's really, uh there's no way to disrupt it anyway it's just um because everyone's just looking out for themselves exactly and then that's that's the satire of it all right right Right. um and that's yeah that's it's crazy to live (laughs) that way (laughs) yeah uh capitalism oh god (laughs) yeah uh yeah so I I'm glad that you said that because that that the your curiosity the play um cuz like on a surface level like you wouldn't think that but then kind of walking away you start to try to understand like what that what, what did this world mean in scope of yeah cuz if you're still laugh like you're laughing the whole play yeah. and then this really serious thing happens and and then it's like you know it's one of those moments where you're sitting in a play and laughing and then you're like wait a minute am i supposed to be laughing at this mm. which i really love that experience when you kind of feel it in the audience of people yeah. like stepping outside of themselves and looking at themselves and like looking around like oh are other people still laughing like <laughs> you know mm-hmm. um because I think it shows us something about ourselves and our assumptions. Yeah. But I wish I could ask her about that mm-hmm. moment because I I find it really fascinating. And then my other question, just in general, is why hasn't this play been produced everywhere? Because <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. It's like such a good play for... I could just see theater departments doing this, like at, at universities, students. Such a good play for women actors, and there are five really great roles for women. Um, yeah. yeah, I would love to see yeah. a whole production of this play so much. Yeah, I was thinking the uh, the character, the the water guy, like um, even it's a guy, and I was like, it could, even if it's a woman playing mm. a guy being like oh it could oh, just kind of totally. to like make fun of like why this is funny like why um kind of creating that self-awareness of the play creating that self-awareness of like 
isn't it crazy we do this? <laughs> so smart. And now that you say that, like if I were directing this play, I would do that for sure. Mm. Cast a woman in that role because it just feels like a reversal of all those plays about men in offices where there's the one woman who's objectified yeah. and like they just like every time she walks into the room, like they look at her butt or whatever. You know, it's like yeah. the, these yeah. women are doing that to the man. And it would be so fun to have a woman in that role just to point out the yeah gender stuff even more. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Okay, so you know, this is my favorite question. I know we talked about smells, but <laughs> what do you think is a smell of this play? And you can't say Gosh. Fish curry and patchouli and sandalwood. Okay. It totally would be the smell of like, you know how when you're in an office at the end of the day and that there's that smell of like kind of industrial cleaning product and vacuum. Oh, yeah. You know, that like, like, vac like mm. that kind of carpet mm. that has been just vacuumed. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. smell. Okay. Yes. I know what that smell is. Yep. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. What about you? What do you think that. it smells like? Uh, let's see. I it's a really hard one, but I was starting to smell like halfway through the play, um, like you know, like the Xerox machine has just printed mm. the paper. Like it's like still <laughs> warm, and mm -hmm. then you kind of like smell like the let that ink. Um, like the toner smell. Yeah. So you get that smell and then like, oh no, I accidentally spilled my coffee and all over it. So mm. it's, like, it's like, oh no. So it's like this like It's just the smell, smell of stress. Stress, <laughs> exactly. Stress uh, is a smell, consists of uh, this like just printed paper and coffee, spilled coffee. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. Okay, but here's a question for you, Sarah. Given uh -huh. the choice between oatmeal raisin cookie, Ooh. chocolate chip, um, macadamia nut, and white chocolate, mm -hmm. and uh, I don't know, what's another kind of cookie? Just like plain sugar cookie. What would you choose? Um, definitely chocolate chip. Okay. What if there wasn't chocolate chip? Just forget oh. I said that. What would you choose between the other ones? <laughs> okay. First of all, okay. So- you gave me what? What was the choices again? Oatmeal raisin? Do you say uh -huh. that? And then macadamia nut. Oatmeal raisin is a fraud. Like they're trying <laughs> to be healthy, but they're not. Uh, white chocolate macadamia is like it's just a joke. Like it's like um, uh, it's like <laughs> you you'll like think you'll. It's always tricking you. Like you think it's gonna. You're like you think oh, it's gonna be good. Yeah. Or you're like thinking like oh that white chocolate chip, but it's actually a nut, and you're like oh dang it. It's like, why <laughs> similar colors in a cookie and a sugar yeah. cookie is like girl i'm sorry but you're just a little too boring um yeah. i need like a little like i need something to pick me up in the afternoon and a sugar cookie isn't isn't and enough. it's just so sad when like the leftover cookies like you're excited to get a yeah. leftover cookie and then it's not even an enjoyable experience yeah, yeah. Like I've I've been to workplaces where there's all these cookies. Nobody touches those cookies except chocolate chip cookie. Like everyone right, goes for the chocolate right. chip cookie. So um, true. But listeners, if you're out there to defend any of these cookies, <laughs> come at me because like <laughs> I will go for days. Like why those those cookies are the lesser cookies. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, Excellent. I do like. Um, I'm trying to think of. I do. I like. Um, I just like chocolate. Anything that has chocolate. Yeah, I think it. they should just all be chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, That's all they should yeah. be. Yeah, workplaces stop don't being order like, the variety. Variety. No one's gonna touch any of those cookies except chocolate chip. Come on. Right. Exactly. <laughs> if they do, they might die. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joke. <laughs> All right. Glistens. Um, you want to start first, or should I start first? You go first. Okay. So, um, so recently, I've been trying this thing called No Screen Sunday. Um, <laughs> I saw on Instagram that someone I follow. Oh, I, it's so bad. I'm not. I'm not remembering her name. Right Are you going to say you got the idea for No Screen Sunday from a screen? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ironically, um, yeah. So Nick and I, we were thinking like I proposed this to him, and he said, "Okay, let's try it after the wedding because <laughs> we have to be on screen. Like we have to wait for emails and stuff." So I said, "Okay, after the wedding," and we did our first non no screen Sunday, like early July and Oh, the weekend of 4th of July weekend, which was really hard because mm. nothing was open. Like, it was like the holidays, we couldn't really go out. So we're like indoors and um, it was just really hard to do, but we did puzzles. It was really Nature's nice. always open. Yeah. <laughs> maybe when we plan ahead, I guess we'll do it. Um, And then, but it's, we went, we originally were like, okay, 24 hours, right? From like mm-hmm. day, um, beginning of the day till the end of the day, no screen. But then we were like, this is so hard. Let's like, on our first try, we, we, we could be on screens after 8 p.m. Mm. And then our second no screen Sunday, we tried to push it to 9 p.m. <laughs> and it was just like really hard, like. I was like, I could only read so much. I could only like bake so much. <laughs> and like, and it was like around, I think it was like 845. We're like, okay, let's go on our screens. What if you did like kind of like the Sabbath idea where you did from 8 p.m. Saturday to 8 p.m. Sunday? <laughs> oh, we, I don't know. Cause like we like, we're like, our nights on the weekends is like movie TV time. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, we, we, sure. You know, we just watch too much movies and TV shows in general. But, um, it, I it like was, this idea, though. Nick was, it. like, saying that it really feels like an endurance competition. <laughs> like, it's like, how much can you endure this? Like, how long can you endure this? It's like, it really is, like, mental mm. endurance thing. And then it's it, – and there were a couple times um, we kind of just, like, had to look at our phone because, like, we were at Barnes & Noble and Nick was like, I have to find this title of this book. Um, I just don't, I'm really trying to remember it. I'm really having a hard time. And like, I, he just quickly, and he said, I need your phone, Sarah. And I'm like, um, we had our phones when we're out. Just well, Couldn't he just go ask phone. the person who works at Barnes & Noble? But it's, I think, because it was hard for him to describe. Like, I feel like, mm, you know, they yeah, don't, it, they can't, it. it'll be like a guessing I'm game. just giving him a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh, we're it's like. It's so difficult. I mean, and then I think about being a kid and like all those weekends or obviously there was no phone or internet mm-hmm. and I just would like, what did I do for a whole weekend you know yeah I exactly actually used my imagination I guess <laughs> yeah um yeah so it's been it's been a challenge but um I 
just by doing this, picking one day of the week just to be on off screen, I do notice something like like my mental health. Like, mm-hmm. it just feels it is feels different. It feels different. Um, so I'm gonna try our best to keep it up. Um, and so yeah, and I like Sunday being like a no screen Sunday because you know Sundays I just feel like nobody no one's working nobody wants to work and so and people um, won't mind if you take a day to respond to their email exactly yeah exactly so i felt like sunday is a pretty good day to do it um okay well i'll just try not to text you on sundays anymore <laughs> um you what did you like, turn off the sound like so because it would drive me yeah, crazy if i was doing I no screen and then i would get the sound of a text and not be able to look at it yes um I know I should turn it off. I so far Sunday like no one has texted me. No one hmm. texted me. So far so good. Um, I'm gonna tempt you with a text <laughs> message next Sunday. You're bad. You're so bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, we I do keep it on just for because I'm like yeah they could text me and stuff. But if it's a real emergency, right, they'll probably stop texting yeah. me and start calling me and right. Like, oh, but yeah. um, so yeah, I do keep it on for the that reason. But yeah, it's but so far I mean I only did this twice, but no text really wow. like that. Or like her, that caught my attention. Um, yeah, that's it. That's my glisten. Nice. Um, well, I just started reading a book by Lauren Groff, who I love. She wrote Fates and Furies, and I read that a couple of years ago. I loved it. And so I'm reading her book Arcadia now, which is, uh, it just started, but it's kind of about a kid growing up in a hippie commune, I guess you would call mm. it. And, but it's from the child's point of view. Um, so that's kind of fun. And mm. I just really like her writing style and I'm enjoying it and wondering if anybody else has read it and what they think. Cool. Book. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Go check out Bureau- Bureaucracy. It's on New Play Exchange. You will not regret the hour of your life you spend reading this play. Yeah, you will not regret it. It's so funny. It's so good. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Beckett's Babies. If you enjoyed what you heard or learned a thing or two about playwriting, be sure to like, subscribe, and share the podcast with your friends. And if you'd like to reach out and share with us your thoughts on playwriting and theater or maybe be a guest on the show, uh, be sure to visit our website at www.beckettsbabies.com. That's www.beckettsbabies.com. And you can contact us there. Thanks for listening.